tune it for the audio or you can even watch back Giving players all the props or put them on blast We don't give no hot takes, only talk facts We're giving all our devotion Riding high on this wave of emotion Going all out, yeah, cause this is our time No, ain't no stopping us till we reach the finish line Sammy got it off the ground And to all the listeners tuned in right now Got debates, analysis, and speculation This is sports talk for the new generation You know where to find us, got a reputation Sick podcast, your number one sports destination Giving all our devotion Riding high on this wave of emotion Going all out, yeah, cause this is our time No, ain't no stopping us till we reach the finish
we don't give no hot takes. Only talk back. S I C K. S I C K. S I C K. Turn up your volume. Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast with Tony Marinero. 55 seconds left in the penalty, a minute and 27 seconds left in regulation time. Boston 4, Montreal 3. Lafleur coming out rather gingerly on the right side. He gives it into Lemaire, back to Lafleur. The Sickest Montreal Canadiens Podcast. <laughs> You're in the fall! Sports entertainment like no other. Rejoins, on lui fait perdre la rondelle une passe devant. Et c'est la mauvaise! Et ce sera la victoire des Canadiens. Stanley pour les Canadiens. Le fac troisième de l'histoire. You found the dogs! John, you found the dogs! He found the dogs! And all together, they worked the young team to the top. And now, a 24th Stanley Cup banner will hang from the rafters of the famous forum in Montreal. The Canadians win the Stanley Cup. Brought to you by Energy Transportation Group. Driven to be different. La Vida TV. Embrace your true nature. And Playground. Your premier gaming destination. It's going to be sick. Marinero on this Tuesday, January 9th. Let me put the glasses on and welcome. Welcome to the Sick Podcast. And the Sick Podcast, of course, brought to you in part by Energy Transportation Group, named by the Financial Times as one of America's fastest growing companies of 2023 and recognized by the Globe and Mail as a top-growing Canadian company for two years in a row. They work with some of the biggest Fortune 500 companies providing end-to-end logistics services. Join a winning team and check out Energy's career page for available opportunities. Also brought to you in part by Accent Insurance Solutions. Accent Insurance Solutions. I'll tell you this about them. You know that insurance isn't created equal, and you know where to find the right solution for you. Accent insurance accent doesn't sell insurance they shop insurance for you i love people like that by the way saves you a lot of time and money to find the right product right on the money whatever your insurance needs home automobile or business call the accent team today at 514-363-3636 and get the right solution at the right price visit their website accentassurance.com also brought to you part by La Bitta TB, brewed in Quebec and a winner of a dozen international awards. La Bitta TB offers quality microbrewery beers made with premium ingredients for everyone's taste. La Bitta TB, embrace your true nature. And in ending, last but definitely not least, Playground with over 30,000 square feet of new gaming, dining, and entertainment space. It's time to reacquaint yourself with Playground. World-class sushi, triple-A steaks, live shows, a brand-new poker floor, and so much more located just over the Mercier Bridge. Only minutes from downtown Montreal playground. Playground experience the strip without the trip. I love that line. I love this guy, too. It's been a long time since he joins me because he usually goes to bed at around, like, 9.30 at night or whatever it is. But tonight, a little effort for me, a little effort by myself as well because I'm pretty. Uh, I'm up pretty late here. In Portugal, I'm still here. I'll be back uh, in Montreal on the weekend. So I'll be back to do the sick podcast uh, on Monday night from Montreal. But I still will be back to do the sick podcast this week. So I'm going tonight 
Uh, Matt O'Han, Shane Gomo going over the next couple of nights, and I'll be back on Friday night. George Larac, what's going on? What's going on, Tony? I love this guy. I am and very proud to be, very proud to be a regular collaborator on his radio show, Larac Gonzalez on BPM Spar, Monday to Friday between noon and three. My head goes at around 12.40 Eastern PM or so. And tonight, it's actually me asking the questions and him giving the answers. So reverse the tables a little bit, which is kind of cool. George, thanks for doing this, my man. We don't have to look far or hard uh, or for very long uh, to figure out what the story is right now in the National Hockey League. If you're following it on X, formerly known as Twitter, as a matter of fact, it's pretty fascinating because you have one team that has come out and basically just thrown a player under the bus. They're probably telling the truth, but nevertheless, there are some teams that wouldn't come out and say anything. The Philadelphia Flyers, we got word last night that, boom, a bombshell. We find out that the Flyers traded Cutter Gauthier. Cutter Gauthier, who was their fifth-round pick a couple of years ago, in the same draft as Uri Slavkowski, let's bring up that draft for those who don't remember it. Slavkowski to the Canadians, one. Simon Nemich, number two to New Jersey. Logan Cooley, number three to Arizona. Shane Wright, number four to Seattle. And Cutter Gauthier, number five to Philadelphia. It's rare, it's rare that a 19-year-old is traded like that, especially a guy who goes top five. But there's word has come out now that the Philadelphia Flyers offered Cutter Gauthier to several teams during the 2023 draft, one of which was the Montreal Canadiens. And of course, let's bring up the 2023 draft where the Montreal Canadiens drafted with the fifth pick overall, David Reimbacher. Bedard went one to Chicago. Carlson went two to Anaheim. Fantilli went three to Columbus. Will Smith went four to San Jose. Canadians had Reinbacker at five. Simishev went to Arizona at six. And Philadelphia drafted seventh, and they drafted Matvey Michkov. All right, there's a lot of information here, but long story short, let's start with this. Cutter Gauthier doesn't want to play for Philadelphia, so they trade him to Anaheim. For Jamie Drysdale, a puck-moving defenseman who was drafted a couple of years ago who went sixth overall. So it's two teams trading young players. And um, your thoughts? Well, uh, you know, first of all, um, you know everybody's uh, all over uh, Carter Gauthier and he's getting ripped all over the place because at first, uh, the Flyers uh, makes it, make it known that he wanted to be there, that he said he was the perfect fifth for the flyer style that, that they needed. And then he changed his mind. So as you know, Tony, an 18-year-old player that hasn't played a game in the league yet doesn't come to a decision like this on his own. He's like he has people around him, former players around him, current players around him, an agent. So something must have happened by the time that he was drafted by the Flyers, he wanted to be there. And by the time that he didn't want to talk to them anymore. What I would have liked 
is since he didn't play a game in a league yet, his representative should take the heat instead of him. Because, you know, the NHL, and, and I know he's going to be a premier player, a top six player in the NHL, I have no doubt. He's a guy that would have loved to in Montreal. And Montreal should have traded that fifth pick for him. Because with all the demon that Montreal have, that draft, they needed a forward. And they should have got him. They should have did that, that trade. Because Reinbacker was in the radar and was the pick for the Canadians. But Cutter Goatee is a guy that would be in your top six automatically because we're still looking for wingers to play, you know, in Montreal. Okay, Slavkovsky is doing good. By the way, I don't, is, I don't disagree with you. Okay, Slavkovsky is in a good place with Suzuki and Caulfield. Dak, if you give him Carter Gauthier in the second line, Montreal would have a lethal top six. So Montreal doesn't do it. But anyway, to go back to Gauthier, I'd love somebody to take the heat. It didn't happen. He's taking the heat. I'm pretty sure that something happened that makes it so he didn't want to talk to the team. Kevin Hayes, Adam Fox, there's a couple guys that have done it. Adam Fox is a really good player for the Rangers. There's a couple of players that went it for the four years uh, in, in college because they wanted, they wanted to go where they wanted to. Uh, it's a risk when you pick college player. It's a risk you have to deal with. Uh, if, if the Flyers wanted to, they could have made him wait it out and it would have hurt his career. But you know what? The Flyers got a really good player in exchange. But Tony, Montreal should have stepped in because Montreal has too many D-men right now. And uh, they should have stepped in. And if it would have cost Reinbacker to get him, I would have done it. All right, okay. So, by the way, I don't disagree with you because I'm a guy who likes offense. I want to win games 5-4. I want to win them 6-5. I believe that the way professional sports is played in 2024, it's the teams that push the pace and the teams that bring a lot of offense to you that win, even though you can still make the argument that defense wins championships. I get that. I'm not saying you have to neglect defense. But I'm a guy who just likes offense. I do my shows on the attack. I live on the attack. I do everything on the attack, all right? Having said that, just so I can play devil's advocate here, and we're going to have plenty of time to talk on the podcast, I will say this. Even though I agree with you, I'm not so sure I agree with your reasoning. The Montreal Canadiens have young forwards, ages 23 and under, like Kirby Doc. Nick Suzuki, Cole Caulfield, Uri Slavkowski, and who knows, maybe even Sean Farrell and with a little bit of luck, Joshua Roy turn out to be top six players. Hold on, let me finish. You talked about their depth on defense. On the right side of defense, George, who do the Montreal Canadiens have? David Savard, his contract's up next year. He'll be gone. Jonathan Kovacevic who's getting the least ice time of any Montreal Canadiens defenseman over the last three or four weeks. His ice time keeps declining. Justin Barron, who along with Kovacevic is getting the least ice time. And Logan Mayu, who right now is in the American well, Hockey League. So I can make the argument that if Ryan Backer was a left-handed defenseman, I would agree with you because there's a ton. But on the right side, George, they don't have as many as you're alluding okay, to. Okay, so, so Tony, then... Maybe the Flyers, they want an established defenseman like Drysdale was. So how about Harris and, and your first pick? You know, your first pick this year, Canadians going to finish no man's land. They're going to play for 500. So Harris and a first pick, maybe you have a shot at it. 
you know, but you have to find sure, a way. The Flyers didn't want that. They wanted the fr- they wanted the fifth pick overall last year's draft. That's what no, they no, wanted. I, no, no. I understand, but by the moment that I'm like, you remember when they did that trade? Now I'm pretty sure that that like they contacted other team to say that they were going to trade them, right? Yeah. Uh, that, that, and then when they did, the Canadian knows about it, and then when they do, then you could find a way to uh, you know. You, with all the prospects the Canadians have, they could have given something equivalent or better than Drysdale in the second. Okay, so and, what were you and willing just, to And I understand. It, it's, it's, listen, it's a done deal already. He's in Anaheim. But what were yeah. you willing to give? Okay, but I said right backer, but you said if we need to keep the right D, which I understand, maybe Harris, that is playing really good since his return from injury, no, no, and, and, the, and the first pick. Well, Harris is good. Harris is very good. Harris in the first round pick. Harris is a guy that's going to be is a good D man that could is going to be playing for years. A reliable defenseman. He's a kind of a Josh Georges, less physical, plus a first pick overall, something like that. You know, you could do package with many prospects um, that could play now, and uh, you know, because Tony, they're going to have to find ways. Because at the end of the day, if you want to get a winger like that, a guy that is mean. He has a mean streak, Carter Gauthier. Um, yeah. You're going to have to pay. You're going to have to pay because, you, look, uh, he could be a good guy, but the guy we got from Colorado, what's his name again? Um, that guy that could play, we say he could play center, he played wing, and he got hurt. Uh, he's out for six weeks. Uh, what's that guy in Montreal, the, the winger Newhook. there? What's that? Newhook. Newhook. Yeah. yeah. Carter Gauthier is one step above Newhook. It's upside that he has, you know? New Hook is a death player playing the third line. It's okay. But Karagochi is a top two line player and he's going to be for years in the NHL. He's a game breaker. So that's why opportunities like this, you got to grab them because there's not going to be many. This story is fascinating. Okay. So uh, one of the things that we hear, Anthony Sanfilippo, I believe his name is a member of the media out of Philadelphia covering the Flyers. He comes out and he says, uh, I'm hearing from the Flyers organization that this kid was uh, was 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 uh, decided to leave the Flyers because he's been talking to Kevin Hayes and uh, Kevin Hayes probably told him some dirt on the Flyers or told him get out of there. Okay, because Kevin Hayes did not have a good experience in Philadelphia. So then, you know, a lot of this stuff on social media shifted towards Tortorella Kevin Hayes didn't like playing for Tortorella. He probably told uh, he probably told Kadergotsie, um, Kadergotsie doesn't want to play for Tortorella. Uh, Kevin Hayes tells him he's going to be playing for a rookie GM. He doesn't want to play for a rookie GM. Now, so now, anyway, the Flyers come out and they tell everyone what's going on. And and look, they they want to tell everyone because if you don't tell anybody, you're getting destroyed by your fan base yes. that you traded Kadergotsie. A yeah, guy that right. said, I want to be a flyer, okay? Yeah. A guy that just won gold with the world with USA at the World Juniors and was on the World Junior All-Star team as one of the best yeah. forwards in the competition. So Danny Beer comes out and says, listen, uh, you don't want to know anything about us. Uh, we said we were going to check back. We tried to check back. We made efforts to get in touch with him and his people, whatever, during the World Championships. He didn't want to know nothing. So at that point, we decided to trade him when his value was never going to be higher. Keith Jones says the same thing. John Tortorella's asked about him, says, I don't know this guy. I don't care. Uh, he doesn't want us. We don't want him. 
I'd rather talk about Jamie Drysdale. Now, that's the Flyers. Today, all kinds of videos surfacing on social media, one of which, one of which is actually Cutter Gauthier on a podcast a little while ago. And when asked if he touches base with anyone on the Flyers, he says he's become close, or he said he had become close with Kevin Hayes. And Kevin Hayes called him a few times and this and that. So you start listening to that and you start saying, okay, you know what? It probably makes sense. It must have been Kevin Hayes. But here's here's the kicker now. Hours ago, Elliot Friedman, a Sportsnet, comes out and says that the information that he has is that Cutter Gauthier wanted to turn pro at the end of his season last season. The Philadelphia Flyers said, sorry, we can't do that because his bonuses were going to kick in. They were going to go over the cap. So they said, we're not going to turn you pro this year, but show up to camp next year, which would have been at the beginning of this year. And you know what? Do what you got to do, and you got a good shot, and we'll, and, and we really want you. And it appears like the relationship went all downhill from there. So here's two different stories now. Here's the Flyers saying, Cutter Gochia didn't want to play for us. He told us he did, but then he told us he didn't. Didn't want to talk to us. Didn't want to meet well, with us. Tony, Tony, actually, uh, LF Freeman, it makes a lot of sense, and I'll tell you why. What does most teams do when they sign a, a guy that play college? What did they do? What did they promise him? What did they promise the agent? They promised him that in his last year of college hockey, they'll turn him pro. As soon as the season is done, yeah. he's going to play a couple of games in Montreal. So bonus kicks in, and you, one, con- like one year away from the entry-level contract is out. You the, know, way the, Canadian did with, the way the Canadians did with Jordan Harris, the way the yeah. Canadians did with Jaden Strubel, and the way they planned to, the plan yeah. to do with Lane Hudson. All the teams, they do that because it's a leverage that the agent has. They have a guarantee for the team to do so. That makes sense because it happened to all these great players that got drafted, you know, in the first, beginning of the first round. And I don't know if it's a promise that was made when they agreed to sign there, what has changed, but that makes sense. That makes sense because, yes, Kevin Hayes was training with him and you know, obviously Kevin Hayes didn't have good memories playing there and, and about torts, but, you know, he did shake hand of torts before. He knew he was going to be there, and he changed his mind after. So I think it's more than just the story about what Kevin Hayes might have said to him. What Elias Freeman is saying makes sense because that's something that if an agent, because in a contract, you cannot put down a guarantee that you'll make him play a couple of games to burn off the first year of his entry level. But his agent could shake deal. His agent could shake hand with a GM, which wasn't Briere back then, to say, you know what? Um, well, 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 like we do with all the kids do, we'll burn off the first year contract. You'll play a couple of games. Maybe, Tony, because they didn't do that, they breached a deal that they had that wasn't ordered by Briere that just came in. And then, yeah, that could be it. That makes actually a lot of sense. Uh, you know, because uh, usually that's the way it works. Cutter Gochi doesn't look all that bad in that case. No, no, because flyers look sense. worse. Tony, yes, because every uh, every first pick that played college, they do yeah. that. They get that favor, and then the flyer goes back on their word. So 
that makes sense. That's a really good clarification because that right there, that's a business move that the agent would have done. And I'm glad that uh, Elliot Friedman is bringing it up and you are because now tomorrow I'll be talking about it, but this changes everything. It makes the flyers look bad, but now the flyers is trying to control the narrative because they don't want to get booed by their own fans. But this, if this comes out and his agent, his agent should take the heat right now. But hold on a second. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. You know the way the game works. The agent, and I'm not saying this happened, the agent probably to maintain professionalism with the other clubs doesn't want to come out, but he's the one who's probably whispering Tony. in Elliot Friedman's ear. Oh, yes. Probably him. It's probably is exactly right. And then you know how people are protecting the source. How would he have known that? How would Elliot Friedman know something like that? It's not like the Flyers are going to tell him that. The Flyers are not tell telling Elliot Friedman. So no, it's either coming no. from the player or his entourage. Yeah. That's but it. you know, but you know what I would have liked even better is the agent to go on and say, we had a deal in place to burn up the first evidential level. It wasn't respected. And we felt that the, it was mistrust. They didn't honor their words. And we don't want to be there. That, but, George, it, but George, think about it. Think, think about it. Uh, it, it, it kind of jeopardizes the relationship the agent is going to have with Danny Briere and Keith Jones and every other player that he'll have on that team right now and but going forward. And other teams around the National Hockey League are not going to like the agent talking. So what do you do? You whisper in the what? ear of one of the game's premier but insiders. Only, you make him come out with it, and the Flyers look terrible. But hold on. But only, hold on. This is the NHL. It's a family. Everybody knows that it's the agent. He doesn't have to say anything. Everyone knows that, like what what Elias Freeman said there, they know where it would come from, and even the agent doesn't have to say anything. They know that the Flyers probably breached a deal that was made before. That's why they lost them. So that goes around the league. They know anyway. They know. So the agent doesn't have to say anything. It's to the public because the sad things about this is if people don't know the truth, Karagotis is going to get all the heat. And again. If a team breaks the promise, I understand business decision. You don't trust this team anymore because they break a promise. So what they left Freeman said, it makes a lot of sense. It actually makes a lot of sense. And uh go to doesn't look like a point. problem player, does he? He doesn't look like a problem player anymore. Are you like like everybody's saying that problem player? The guy just won the world junior championship. Like he's a game breaker. I don't care what just happened there and stuff. This is business. This is a Technical, sad, bad situation that didn't turn right. Um, you know what? He's going to be a top six player in Anaheim. Listen, Anaheim is so jacked up at forward and at D that they have the luxury of trading Zegris if they want because they're loaded up front. Which it's supposedly is on Verbeek, the clock. Pat Verbeek did an unbelievable job with this team. And, I wouldn't, and the reason why I said that is I'm hearing that Zegris... It's not the most popular player in Anaheim in, with a spear. And with all the talent that they have anyway, after the entry level, they won't be able to keep all that. Talent. I know I know what you're hearing. You're hearing so, that he's a me, myself, and I kind of player, correct? Yeah, yeah. That, that's I, the word that. in the NHL, yeah. So, so that's why I would not be surprised if they were to trade him. They'd get a lot back in return. And uh, obviously, a lot of teams are going to be interested in him because I kind of compared that situation with Jack Eichel. People said Jack Eichel couldn't win in Buffalo. They call him Baby Eichel. He goes to uh, Vegas. The pressure is not on him. Yeah. Pressure is not on him. He wins the cup. Key, key part of that team. Zegers 
could be helping a team if he gets traded. Because sometimes when you get traded, you come back to hurt and you change, you come with a different attitude. So I yeah. don't know what they're going to do. It's speculation, stuff that we're yeah. hearing. But that team is loaded anyway. Getting Gauthier like that, man, the future of that team with all those young talents, it's unreal. Eichel's a pretty good situation when you play on a center line and you have also playing center, William Carlson, Chandler Stevenson, Nicolas Roy. You have yeah. a couple of uh, wingers who can score goals, one of which is Jonathan Marchessault. You have a top four on defense, which are pretty big bodies, the biggest being, of course, uh, Petrangelo. You have a uh, good puck-moving defenseman like Shea Theodore. Pretty good team, Vegas yeah. Golden Knights. By the way, their stadium, the arena looks pretty cool. Never been. I'd like to go. I've never been to Vegas, period. But anyway, that's another story for another day. All right. Okay, listen. Uh, a couple of other things I want to bring up here very quickly. Number one is Samuel Montembeau was unbelievable versus the Rangers. They got outshot 48-30. Oh, they end up winning the game in a shootout. And that's a highlight reel save that he made, of course, on Mika Zibinijad in the shootout. Uh, we know the Canadians have a three-goalie system. We know it's uh, probably wearing thin on some people. Uh, and we know that in an... In, Marty St. Louis world, you would think that he'd want to play Samuel Montabo as often as possible because the coach wants to win and the coach wants to make the playoffs. After Montabo's great performance, and his last two have been excellent because the one before that was versus Dallas, where they won by a score of 4-3, being outshot 33-18, we hear earlier today that Caden Primo is going to get the start versus oh, the Philadelphia totally. Flyers. You hear this, totally. you think what? Tony, this is insane. It's insane. They just signed Motombo to be their future goalie. And he deserves it. a steal, by the way. At a steal. It's a steal. He deserves it. He could have easily got $4 million a year. If he tested the agency, would have got four years, like free agency. And he wants to stay in Montreal. Tell him for three years to steal. The best chance they have of winning is with him. He beat Dallas, one of the top team in West. And he beat the Rangers, he stole the game. Again, the Rangers, like Carey Price used to do. When the goalie is hot, you ride him. What are we doing? Three system goalies again. If I'm Montabo and I'm in net, what else do I have to do to get two games in a row? He did everything against the Rangers to deserve to be back in. And I understand that we need to, to give some game to Primo. Primo did pretty good against the Sabres. And we raise his value up to eventually maybe trade in him. I would love to maybe give a chance to Primo and Montembeau next year for a one-two tandem, not with Jake Allen. This doesn't make sense. This three goalie rotation, we're halfway through the season. We never thought it was going to even last one month. Tony, we're halfway through the season. We're Primo, do did the have, Primo did have a great game versus the Flyers already. It's his father's former team. Maybe there's something yeah. there. Who knows? Tony, again, Montembeau has to be, he cannot be on the three-goalie system because I'll give you another reason why, Tony. If you want to know really what Montembeau is made of, and if it could be a future number one, on the three-goalie system, you're never going to know this because he has more rest, more rest in practice. He doesn't play consecutive games like a number one would. So what if? We do three goalie system to the deadline. There's one month into the season. And next year, he goes on a two-goalie system, and he can do it. We have to put him in a situation to see what he's made of, to see if he could be a, a real future number one or real future number two. No goalie in the NHL is playing 
with, with, with it's like baseball that has base like pitcher with different rotation. You have three in Montreal. So Montabo is always resting when he goes back in, even though it deserves to be more game. So you're not really testing what you have because it doesn't play consecutive games. So to me, it doesn't make sense, especially after you give him that contract. Your thoughts on Gustav Lindstrom being placed on waivers earlier today. We'll find out tomorrow at noon if he's picked up or not. Yeah. And by doing so, play, I, don't, I don't think I don't think he played enough games. Uh, I don't think he played enough games to be picked up. And uh, obviously, we know that Rafael Avipina is probably back, so it's a roster yes. move that they have. To, they have roster and move. And it, mean, it means they want to keep Emil Heinemann here too, as well, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, again, if that guy is a, if you want to see these guys, they got to get real chances and stuff. Play a couple of minutes in the fourth line, you're not going to see the true potential of these guys. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna keep you much longer, but I'm dying to find out what you think of Jonathan Drouin, absolutely on fire in Colorado, and played over am, 28 minutes last night. Tony, I am so happy for him. In Montreal, the pressure got to him, and uh, he was That's never going to be the player that he could be there. He went to Colorado. That's the he answer. He had a rough. He, he had the rough go, but then he picked it up lately. And even hearing the coaching staff say that he's bringing exactly the type of hockey we're waiting for him, we're all happy for him because. Montreal market is not for everyone. It got to him, and it got to many other players, and it's okay. That's it's the right answer. Solved. It's a it's a tough market, and he didn't ask to be traded for Tampa Bay to Montreal. When he got there, he tried. He donated money. Oh, hold on a second. Hold on a, hold on a second. He wanted to be traded to Montreal. Okay, but anyway. When it didn't work out in Tampa, the word got out that Jonathan Drouin wanted to be traded to the Montreal Canadiens. And, okay, well, and we were told, we were told, members of the media were told uh, when we questioned if it was going to work out in Montreal, we were told, no, no, don't worry about it. He thrives under pressure. Go back. Take a look yeah. at what he did in midget hockey. Take a look at what he did in junior hockey and big and important markets. He thrives under pressure. He thrives under pressure. He thrives under pressure. We all knew he had an incredible talent. That's why some of us were excited when the Montreal Canadiens acquired him because he was a special talent. He's showing now that he still is a talent superior and, to the and, average of the National Hockey League, but you had the right and, answer, you know, George. He caved under and, pressure. And, and you know what, Tony? At 900000 he's a bargain for Colorado right now. Yeah, yeah. Big uh, bargain. Last one, and then we're gone uh, because I know your time is limited here, and I appreciate it. Nick Suzuki, if I would say to you, Nick Suzuki is in the top 15 in the National Hockey League in terms of centermen, you would say what? Top 15? Yeah. I'd say yes. Top 15, I'd say yes. I would say he's the top 15 in terms of forwards. You would say what? No. No, he's not top 15 in forwards. Okay, well, he is top 15 in forwards. As a matter of fact, I believe 13th in terms of possession in the offensive zone. And as you know, um, very skilled players are able to do that. Guys who are not only skilled, but have great ability at, at protecting the puck. Stats have come out courtesy of Sports Logic. Nick Suzuki is top 13 in the National Hockey League for all forwards in um offensive zone time it's pretty close cool oh, no. well anyway i like nick suzuki anyway i think he's uh yeah a lot of people are questioning if he's a first line center i think he is 
and he's developing into a really good two-way player. Some people wanted to trade him for some people wanted to trade him for Pierre Luc Dubois. Remember that one? Yeah, I do remember. Dubois, Dubois, that trade, that trade has been a terrible trade for the Los Angeles Kings. Terrible. Uh, no yeah, one, I, no know, one's talking about it in this market, right? Because uh, province du Québec, puis c'est le gars de chez nous. Los yeah, Angeles know got fleeced on that deal, and they might end up winning the Stanley Cup. I don't. Tony, they lost that deal. Tony, they they did lost that deal, and I was talking to the Jets when I saw them the other day, and uh, they were saying how happy they are about that trade and the player that they got in return are amazing. One of the guys that were waiting to come back that was hurt, he has as many points as Dubois, and he played like way less game. Velarde. It, 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 yeah, exactly. So, yeah, they're, they're pretty happy with the return. Velarde, Yafalo, uh, Kupari, and a second round pick. And, and look, and look for Dubois, look, look, who makes what, $8 million a year. No, but look, Tony, after that trade, the Jets are the best team in the NHL. The Jets, we thought they were going to crumble. We didn't even know. If the goalie Hellebach and Shifley was going to resign there, they resigned there. They do the Dubois trade, and look at the Jets right now. They won the trade, of course. They did. Look at the result. But George, do you notice that? Uh, do you do you notice that no one in the province of Quebec, radio or television, is talking about the Winnipeg Jets being one of the best teams in hockey? Because if they would, you're going to go back and you're going to look at the Dubois trade, and God forbid. <laughs> No one wants to say that. So everyone, or a lot of people, yeah. a lot of people for six months stoned us that the Montreal Canadiens had to go out and absolutely acquire Pierre-Luc Dubois because he was this, he was that, he was this, he was that. And I was telling them, he's good, but not as good as you think he is. But, and but would Tony, you trade Kirby Doc for him or would you trade another? No, Tony, no, imagine, no. Imagine, imagine at 8.5, with the struggle is that in LA if he was in Montreal right now. Imagine how it would be hell for him right now. Imagine 8.5 because Montreal, like, it's a great market when you win. It's a good market if you play good. But man, if you make a lot of money and you're not producing, you are done. Dominic Lasician of the Athletic stats showing that Nick Suzuki, by the way, if the season would end today, uh, the formula that he has for stats playing a 200-foot game, Suzuki in his books would win the Selkie Trophy as the league's best defensive forward. Look at that. Don't ask me to, uh, oh. to basically explain the stats, but I'm going to send that to you. And that's something that you can talk about on BPM Spot and Larac and Gonzalez tomorrow as well. Okay? Well, we'll ask you the question. So in French... You can explain qualify it. It's a very interesting stats. All right, my friend. Thank you for doing this. I really appreciate it, George. Anytime, brother. And good All evening. Right. Merci beaucoup et bonne année à toi et toute ta famille. There you have it, George Larac. Let me bring in, if I can, Shane Gaumont at Master Control. It's going to be an abbreviated show today, by the way, folks, on the SIP podcast here. We usually give you an hour. Sometimes we give you more. Sometimes we give you a little bit less. Today, we're going to go under the hour, of course. But hey, listen, think about all the times we give you an over an hour. I think if you end up averaging it out. Uh, but, you know, George had an appointment. He had to go. I'm in Portugal. You had it all up. It's, it's, it is what it is. We'll make up for it when I get back for sure. But sometimes less is more. And today, I really like where the podcast went with George, who had some really strong opinions. Uh, everything you heard on Carter Gauthier, what did you think? Man, what, listen, when I heard the trade first, 
I nearly soiled myself. I thought I thought this was bullshit. Like I I just didn't understand Drysdale. Like it just didn't make sense. And now we're hearing Drysdale's a good player. Hits. He's fantastic. I mean, if everything works out, this is a win-win for both teams. I really like this trade. But hearing these tidbits of information coming from both sides and contradicting each other and and all that stuff, it's like you're able to paint a better picture, but you you still don't see the image yet. It's still unclear. You know what so, I believe? You know what I believe? I'll what's tell you this. that? I believe that both stories are true. Now, I don't know this for a fact. Obviously, I don't. Yeah. It's just I believe that Kevin Hayes, it didn't work out in Philadelphia. And we know that Kevin Hayes would talk to Cutter Goatsia quite often because Cutter Goatsia admitted it in a podcast. I'd be willing to bet that Kevin A said, ah, that franchise. And then this whole thing went down that they did not sign him to turn pro. He got offended by it. They were trying to just make sure that their cap would be kept in check. He didn't see it that way. And then Kevin Hayes talked to him and said, ah, you know what? You really don't want to play for this. You know what? Once again, I don't know this for a fact. I have no idea. It's just me taking a look at everything I'm seeing um, you know, uh, opening up my ears to everything that's being said and then just saying, you know what? I wouldn't be surprised if it's a little bit of both, but mm -hmm. you know what? If at the end of the day, if the story is true that the Flyers didn't want to sign him last year at the end of his season, well, then you can understand him being upset and maybe someone saying, hey, probably this is not the team for you. That's it. And, and you know what? Another thing that kind of irks me is is the response from some Philadelphia fans. I'm not going to generalize and say they're all terrible, but have you seen the death threats that Kevin Hayes has been getting? People saying, I'm glad your brother's dead. People saying, I hope your family dies. Yeah, this is terrible. Off of a rumor. And then the the Flyers owner publicly said, Cutter Gauthier is enemy number one when he steps foot in Philadelphia. Dude, he is a kid. That's their mantra, though, in Philly. I mean, that's all about, that's you know, absurd. everyone's talking about the fact that, they, you know what, uh, this kid's going to be in for a rude awakening. It's going to be difficult when he goes back to Philadelphia. It's hostile territory, this, that, whatever, all that stuff. Insane. It's, it's uh, no, it, it really is too bad. It's, it's, taken, uh, it's taken a real terrible turn in this, you know, the, the death threats that, uh, that, you know, Hayes has come out. And he's he's basically told the guys from spitting chiclets. I mean, this is just this is BS. This is this. This is that. Um, it's it's just it's a terrible situation to the Philadelphia Flyers fans though, who are really upset at Cutter mm -hmm. Goatee because he didn't want to play for your team. I didn't see anyone crying when Eric Lindros did not want to play for the Quebec Nordiques and ended up being on your team because yeah. the Quebec Nordiques had to make a trade because Lindros didn't want to play for them now. I know there was a situation with Lindros. I know the family was involved. A lot of people will say that they were right to be involved because there were things going on in Quebec that probably mm -hmm. weren't great, weren't at the time. Having said that, it's two identical situations. I don't, I don't like when players say, I don't want to play here in a way. In a way, I don't like it because if every single player would say that, well then, or most yeah. of the players would say that, it takes away from the credibility of the draft. What's the draft all about? And you know what? When a team drafts you, it's usually because, you know what, they like a lot about you. And so you should want to go play for that team. At the same time, 
you know, in other walks of life, we kind of choose where we want to work. And if Mm -hmm. we want to work in a certain city over another, we want to work for a certain company over another, we have that privilege as well. So I kind of understand that. I know that sports operates in a completely different way because you have to go through a draft system and it's the teams that choose you. I get it. I kind of understand both sides. At the end of the day, though, Flyers fans were upset that Gauthier didn't want to play for you, whether or not you think he was right, you think he was wrong, or whether or not it's his story or the other story. The fact of the matter is you landed a generational player back in the 90s because he did not want to play for the team that drafted them, the Quebec Nordiques. As a matter of fact, he didn't even want to put on their jerseys. So if you accepted it then, you have to accept this now. Shane, uh, will you be in with Matt O'Han tomorrow or? You'll have to ask uh, the, the the big boys and yell on Sammy. I don't know. <laughs> All right. Okay. Well, anyway, long story short, I know we will have a sick podcast tomorrow after the game between the Montreal Canadiens yeah, and the Philadelphia Flyers. We'll also have one on Thursday night after the game between the Montreal Canadiens and the San Jose Sharks. And then I will be back on Friday night once again, live from Portugal with the camera being a little bit fuzzy and the Wi-Fi being a little bit unstable at the, at times, but I'm doing this because I really want to do it. I owe it to all of you, my sick army and my sick community who have been with me since day one. And if I'm traveling and if I can, I'm going to be with you as well. I hope you enjoyed the program tonight. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you like it, comment sick, S-I-C-K, S-I-C-K. Share it with your friends. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Tell your friends about it. Tell them it's pretty sick. We also have another sick podcast, by the way, the sick podcast, CF Montreal talk that I host, mm-hmm. which talks about CF Montreal. We had an episode earlier today. We also had some breaking news. What was it? You're going to have to watch it. Take a look <laughs> at my Twitter account. Take a look at the Twitter account of the sick podcast, CF Montreal talk, which is at sick pod CFMTL. Long story short, we have about close to 20 podcasts under the sick media banner all within North America, two of which are soccer, one covering CF Montreal, another one covering New York City FC. We have hockey ones, one covering the National Hockey League by Jimmy Murphy and Pierre Maguire, one covering the young prospects and, uh, uh, you know, draft-eligible players with yourself and Grant McCagg. We have one in Toronto covering the Leafs. We have one in Detroit, I believe, covering the Red Wings. We have mine Mm -hmm. covering the Montreal Canadiens, and then we have a bunch of football ones out of Chicago, out of Pittsburgh, out of Vegas, out of Tennessee. And speaking of which, the Tennessee Titans fired their coach, Mike Vrabel, (laughs) earlier today. So there's a lot to talk about on those podcasts as well. Once again, if you enjoyed the podcast tonight, leave us a five-star review on Apple. It's our way of feeling the love. Special thanks to Energy Transportation Group. Special thanks to Labitta TB. Special thanks to Playground. And special thanks to Accent Insurance Solutions. I'm doing what I'm doing. And Agnello and Sammy are doing what they're doing. But we couldn't do it. And you're doing what you're doing, Shane. We couldn't do it without the support of our great sponsors that are Energy Transportation Group, Labitta TB, Playground, and Accent Insurance Solutions. Once again, we'll be back tomorrow night. Same time, same place. The Sick Podcast. Tell your friends about it. Tell them to subscribe to our YouTube channel. It's absolutely free. So long from now, live from Portugal, I'm Marinaro, and I say, Boa noite. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow The Sick Podcast with Tony Marinaro on YouTube, Instagram. 
Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. The Sick Podcast is brought to you by Energy Transportation Group. Driven to be different. LaVita.tv. Embrace your true nature. And Playground, your premier gaming destination.